as many of you I'm sure know, the Musical Mitten originally started as a radio show, which meant we were live on air every Monday from 4 to 6, and then we went to this podcast format, and things have changed quite a bit, but we do kind of miss that live radio show feel. And just over a week ago, I actually got to broadcast live again. If you caught that on WSCR 891 we were broadcasting an alumni concert from Olivet College's Conservatory Auditorium, and we were super excited to welcome alumni Justin Hatt back to the school to perform this recital, and we have been super excited to meet him. So while we got to broadcast his music on air, we figured we'd actually bring him in and get to talk to him a little bit more and a little bit more about his music. So meet Justin Hatt. Nakanata Motown, from Muskegon to Madonna, you're listening to The Musical Mitten. I'm Maggie. And I'm Bree, coming to you from Olivet College. This is your guide to all things music, all from the state of Michigan. My name is Justin Hatt. I'm originally from Lansing, Michigan, a full-time independent musician guitarist. Did my undergrad at Olivet College. Well, actually, that's not true. I, well, I did. I, I was at Lansing Community College, and then I transferred to Olivet College for two years there. Got my associates in undergrad, and then now I'm in my last semester, like two weeks away from finishing my master's in guitar, guitar performance. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> How did you get your start with music? Yeah, so my, well, I, I should start by saying my family is, I don't come from a house full of musicians, nobody in my family plays music, right? But a lot of my family is avid, avid listeners of music. So when I was a young kid, I was always exposed to a lot of different genres of music and my, my family, you know, they are, you know, 60s kids, so they grew up in the 70s and 80s, so they're big, big listeners of 70s and 80s music and then, you know, I'm was born in the 90s so I listened to a lot of late 90s early 2000s music and then one day I just said to myself that I really wanted to learn how to, to play an instrument or whatever and I for some time I played trumpet and I was terrible at it I was absolutely terrible at it couldn't understand it couldn't couldn't play trumpet worth to save my life so then I kind of put music down for a while. I was like, ah, it's just kind of like one of those things that's just not for me. And then, you know, a few few years later, I was like, okay, you know, I had this, you know, have always loved music and always, you know, avidly listened to music. And then finally I was just like, well, I want to try this again. So I ended up picking up the guitar and kind of self-taught myself for the first couple of years. And then I got really serious about it, started studying with some people when I was in school. And then I was like, yeah, I want to do this, do this for my life. So yeah, I would say that a, a big, a big proprietor of it was definitely my parents and just being so enthusiastic with listening to music and always having music around the home and in the car and being exposed to a lot of different bands and, and musicians and going to concerts at a young age you know music was just something that was always present in our family and just had a wide uh, plate of music listening I heard that you play I've heard some of your songs but you play a lot of classical music for guitarists, I feel like that's a little different. Can you explain maybe why you decided to go that way with it? Yeah, so, you know, I, I'm not just a classical guitarist. I know I kind of sell myself on that, but, you know, I, do, I play in the rehearsal that I just came from was with a jazz band. So I do play in, you know, more pop and rock kind of stuff and styles. But, you know, for the first several years of my playing, I was just a, 
you know, a typical guitar player wanting to play rock and songs and on the radio and pop songs and strummy, strummy, strummy sing. And then when I started taking lessons with the specific teacher when I was in high school, his name is Eldon Kelly. He was a phenomenal player, just absolutely blew my mind. And he totally diversified my understanding of what guitar was. There's a side to you that guitar is kind of just like a, you know, strum kind of play the chords kind of instrument, sing over top of it. And it's just definitely so much more beyond that. It's just a very melodic instrument. So he showed me all these different things. And I was like, what do we even call these styles that he was playing? And you know, he did this combination where he would play like classical music, but infused with like jazz. And it was just like this whole like a soundscape of music that I had never heard before. And it was solo guitar. It was just him playing his guitar, but it sounded like he was playing multiple guitars at the same time, like really true polyphonic music. And it was just insane to me. And so, you know, I started getting really into this classical guitar. He started dropping some names on me. So I started doing this, a lot of listening to some of these guys that I had never, you know, had heard of before. And I was like, oh, what is classical guitar? Like, you know, it's like you hear classical music and you think of like orchestras, orchestral music or, you know, choirs and things like that. Right. And just not the case. So I started studying this music with him. And then when I started school, after I graduated high school, I started getting heavily into the classical guitar and started focusing on primarily that. And that's what I've been playing pretty much exclusively for the last like six years like with my serious studies not to say that I don't play other styles of music I mean I do I mean a lot of the times when I'm teaching it's all pop music and and improvise you know kind of stuff but yeah I love it I just I love it I, I love being able to sit down and and, and just play the guitar as, as a full instrument as, as its full kind of thing and being able to play the bass the melody and the accompaniment all as one thing is, is really really cool and, and I play a lot of chord melody style so a lot of like just solo guitar arrangement pieces so yeah i would definitely have to say that was eldon kelly was definitely the first kind of exposure to this these facets of playing where it's just like holy smokes like that's all being done on one guitar it was just like quite insane look him up eldon kelly do you have a specific piece that you like it's your absolute favorite to play uh let me grab my guitar <laughs> no nah, not necessarily i mean i let's see here if i'm in tune i mean classical wise or like just guitar in general in general no not really i mean for me I, i'm always constantly you know striving to learn different pieces and i feel like classical guitar at least in my humble opinion is is the most melodic form of the guitar because i'll demonstrate a little bit a lot of the times you know guitar when they think about it is people just think okay It's like, okay, that's great, right? And it's strummy, strummy, strummy. But, you know, when you start to find these melodic pieces, you know, it's like, okay, so you can do all these, like, really, really melodic things where you have, like, chords and melody at the same time. One of the pieces that I just did on the recital at Olivet was Recuerdos de Alhambra, which is this really, really cool piece where if you just take the chord shapes... You know, on its own... kind of like okay well what is that doesn't sound but when you start to add the melody to it and you start to add the other aspects to it you get something completely and it's like whoa you're playing that on one guitar and it sounds like way more than what it really is you know but if I boil it down to it's at the core you know just have these little chord shapes you know but it's taking those ideas and, and putting it into context of these solo arrangements so to answer your question it's kind of a big turnaround to that but i'm always learning new music constantly so the time of the the year the time of the day i guess like depending on the piece you know it's like okay yeah this is my new favorite 
for the time being, you know, so it's just very dependent on, you know, what I'm working on or I guess the mood that I'm in. But there are pieces that I always kind of stick to and I kind of always revisit. It's just dependent on, you know, I guess the mood. But you also mentioned that you teach up in Lansing. Did you ever think you'd be doing that? Yeah, so I actually teach in two different places. So I teach in an academy in Lansing, and then I teach in an academy down in Plymouth, which is a lot closer to where I live down here. I think my goal with with pursuing music in an academic sense, like in higher academia, was to just kind of be able to develop my skills in such a way that I could find myself being a working musician and making money by doing that. And I know for a lot of people, teaching is definitely a big source of their income. And for me, that's probably like 70% of my income. And then 30% of it is like gigging. COVID unfortunately has kind of killed a lot of those things. So it's starting to come on the upcome a little bit. But yeah, teaching always was my my kind of default as far as like trying to to be able to create an income for myself. So I kind of always thought about that in the back of my mind that I was like, okay, yeah, I want to be a teacher, but I, I love to play more than I like to teach. Not to say that I don't like teaching. Like I, I do like to, to teach and I like to try to get people on the right track and, and, and in terms of like being able to develop good skills and good habits and techniques and their understanding of music theory. But for me, my excitement really lies in the aspect of playing. But yeah, there was always kind of something in the back of my mind that I was like, yeah, I'll probably end up teaching it at some point. So yeah. Are you planning on teaching college students or? Yeah. So the thing is with like guitar is like my, my undergrad and my masters are both in performance. So it's very much different than like people who are music ed route, because if you're a music ed degree, you can basically work any, any K through 12 institution public school wise. Only thing is, is like guitar is not an instrument that is in public schools in some places it is, but certainly not so much in like Michigan. And so really primarily the most music programs that K through 12 programs have are like band, symphonic band, orchestra, or choir. And I'm not in either three of those. So if for me, it didn't make much sense to get an ed degree because it was like, okay, yeah, I could teach choir, I could teach band, but I wouldn't be playing my instrument. I wouldn't be teaching my instrument. So I never really found too much value in that. So with the master's degree in performance, I should and will be eligible to teach in a college level, like in a guitar studio. So yeah, there's something that's definitely on the back of my mind when I when I graduate, but also I just like want to continue to learn because I feel like there's so much more that I have in my playing than I want to do. And, you know, I just want to continue to develop. I've kind of like set myself up that I want to be a lifelong learner to, to music and guitar specifically because I just I just love the instrument so much, you know. But yeah, probably I, I would consider and most likely will in the future if, you know, that's what will probably be on my radar when I start looking for, you know, big boy jobs, right? I, you mentioned that you prefer performing over like teaching and I feel like, and I could be totally wrong, but as someone who has played like in a band before, like that feeling of being enveloped by the sound is something that you just can't recreate in a classroom. So it's kind of different, but do you have a song that you like playing that like just makes you go there? Like when you're performing? Yeah. One of my favorite composers that I just cannot ever get enough of his music is Andrew York. And I played one of his pieces as my encore piece at the recital and he, uh, all of his music is just absolutely phenomenal. It's this cross between like jazz harmonies and like classical guitar. So it's like you get these really, really lush chord harmonies and this is really, really cool. So anything that's like Andrew York is absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, I mean, I, I it's really easy to, to go to uh, a gig and play like, you know, a few sets of his music and because it's so good to me. 
so yeah any not anything necessarily song specific but anything andrew york is is really really nice playing and really nice listening to last week off because we have been pretty busy planning some very exciting things for our final two episodes. But a couple weeks ago, the Grammys aired and we promised you guys a breakdown. So obviously we cannot cover everything all at once because the Grammys is a whole entire award show, but we just wanted to hit on some of the more exciting things that happened. You may remember this from last season. We covered the band Fun and one of their members was Jack Antonoff who won Producer of the Year in the non-classical category for his work with Lana Del Rey, Taylor Swift, Lord, St. Vincent, and Bleachers. And Bleachers, if you remember, is actually his band. So super exciting news for him, and we love to see it. Also, if you know who Olivia Rodrigo is, she kind of got her start from High School Musical, the musical, the series. She won three Grammys, which is super impressive, considering one of them is New Artist. What? So the New Artist category is basically like the breakout category for like people that have really gotten popular within the past year. And some of the artists in that category this year were like, I'd heard of them, I didn't know too much about them, but like Phineas was on that. Um, Phineas. Sorry, I'm sort of a fangirl. (laughs) Saweetie was on that list, which I thought she'd been around a little bit longer, but that's on me. And then, of course, Olivia Rodrigo, who put out her album Sour. Sour actually won the Pop Vocal Album Award, and there was a song on that album that also won Best Pop Solo Performance, which was Driver's License. Oh gosh, that went around. (laughs) That was huge. Oh, for sure. I heard that playing all the time. (laughs) So it's definitely deserved. Speaking of firsts, Doja Cat won her first Grammy for Kiss Me More with SZA for Best Pop duo slash group performance. Oh, sweet. And she had 11 nominations. Holy cow. She had some nominations last year too, didn't win any of course, but if you saw the recording of her going up to accept the award, she'd been running back from the bathroom. Oh no! And SZA was on crutches, still managed to get to the stage first. (laughs) Commitment though, I'm impressed. Yeah, and of course, she made a little bit of a joke about it, but she really was, like, kind of in tears about it because it was a really heartfelt moment. It was really beautiful. So it was super exciting to see that, especially after all those nominations. So, you know, there's two more that I want to cover. First of all, Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett beat out Dolly Parton for Best Traditional Vocal Pop Album, and that was the Love for Sale album. Oh, okay. And then lastly, Bruno Mars won Record of the Year for the third time. And I was actually checking up on something else while I found this, but according to the Denver Post, the only other person to win Record of the Year three times was Paul Simon. Oh my gosh. So this is not a particularly common phenomenon and obviously super exciting and a huge, huge, huge congratulations to him. So that has already happened. So then coming up actually at the end of this week, Coachella begins on April 15th. Oh gosh. I always thought that this was later. I forgot that it was April and not like mid-July or something. I know. It kind of snuck up on me too. It starts at the end of this week. 
and then it will be a two-week run. Harry Styles and Billie Eilish are set to headline. I think Harry Styles is actually first, and then Billie Eilish will be later on. But our third headliner was supposed to be Kanye West. Oh, yeah, the drama. <laughs> and here's the thing. We're not sure if it's really the drama with his ex-wife that caused him to drop out of Coachella, but he is dropping, and there is some speculation behind why he's not performing, including possibly, according to Variety, possibly that he hasn't been rehearsing. What? So he just doesn't have anything prepared and we won't really make any comments on it because we're not sure but it'll be really interesting to see how how this plays out in the future and whether or not Kanye ends up performing after all and that's been this week in music Musical Mitten started as a radio show on WOCR 89.1 The One, Olivet College Radio. I'm your host Maggie. And I'm Bree. And we were so excited to go on a musical road trip all through the Great Lakes State. You can let us know who you want to hear through the survey link at the bottom of our website, themusicalmitten.wixsite.com slash themusicalmi. And if you want to hear music from artists we feature, we do create Spotify playlists under the same name as the show. Thanks for listening. In terms of higher education and teaching, do you have like a school that you'd like to go on to? Yeah, so as crazy as it sounds, after I'm done with this program here, I was also recently just accepted into Wayne State. And Wayne is about 30 minutes from where I live now. And I really like, one thing that I like about guitar so much is I like the freedom of expression and the freedom of improvising because it's just such a great instrument that lends itself to be able to do that like if you take like just a really really basic kind of chord structure and this is just all off the cuff this is really really lush chord and it's like just all within the notes in that chord you know there's all this room for improvising within the chord and so one thing that kind of separates itself from classical music is classical music is you look at the page and you're playing somebody's music that's already been written. And this is why I like jazz music and blues, rock music primarily, because you can improvise over it. But the thing is, is in my six years of studying like classical guitar, like serious classical guitar, it's all played notes on the page and don't alter it because you're trying to play the music that's true to the composer, which I have a great appreciation for, but I also like the ability to improvise, right? And so that why is why it's lent myself to wanting to go to Wayne State to get a second master's in jazz guitar and contemporary improvisation, which is just this whole idea about playing jazz music and, and learning to, to develop this the skill of improvised music, playing improvised music. But the interesting thing is improvised music's not really improvised because improvisation implies that it's completely off the cuff. But a lot of the times, you know, when we're improvising, we practice the skill of improvising you know so so depending on you know your your viewpoint on that it's like oh studying improvised music it's like well you're kind of actually studying how to study the art of improv so it's not really truly improv and then after that where do you think you'll go on to teach i don't know i'm not exactly i mean i've lived in michigan my whole life and michigan is is home for sure but it's I think there are definitely other places in the world that kind of cater to a more diversified culture of musical acceptance, if you will. 
Michigan has its spots, but it's not like it's a Nashville. It's not like it's an LA. It's not like a Chicago or a New York or even like New Orleans or something like that. And so I think it's kind of, I kind of want a little bit of a little bit of the best of both worlds because I really like wide open spaces. And I visited Colorado a few years ago and I really, really enjoyed Colorado. It was just, it was just like so breathtaking. And it was just like, wow, I got this really cool shot of me uh, on one of the highest peaks in Colorado. And I brought my guitar with me, of course, because I'm not going to go up to the highest peak in Colorado and not play my guitar at the top of it. Right. And so, yeah, I would love to, I would love to be in Colorado. It's a pretty cool area. Boulder, Boulder, Colorado is right where Boulder University is. It's really happening there. It's really, really gorgeous and beautiful. Got a good music scene over there. We love to get out, get out, go out a little bit west over that way. I think that'd be really, really cool. Have you ever seen the Red Rocks Amphitheater, I think it's called, where it's like this theater in the mountains? It's so fantastic. So funny enough, I'm actually seeing a concert there this summer. (laughs) I've never been there before, so I'll, I'll be there this summer in July. July, I'm going in July. I will also be there in July. Are you going to the Are you going to Red Rocks? I mean, if there happens to be a concert while I'm there, yes, for sure. Okay, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly when the dates are. We're seeing <laughs> the Blues Travelers there. I don't know if you're Blues Travelers fans. I am a fan of all music. I don't discriminate, but like uh-huh. I have a soft spot for blues and jazz because I play trumpet. So yeah. all through high school, I did like the jazz bands and stuff like that. So good deal. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited to go. I've never been, so I'm excited. I've always heard great things about it, and then it's like literally like in the mountains and like carved into the rocks. So I'm really excited to see that. If you could make it work like financially to play concerts full time, do you think you would? Oh, absolutely. I think the difficulty lies in it is the turnaround time for how quickly to learn new music. Like the recital that I just did at Olivet, like some of those pieces I've been working on for like years. Like some of them, like that Recuerdos de Alejandro, that's a really hard piece. That's been in my repertoire for like years. And so in order to like get a piece really, really, really good and like to the point where it's like performance ready and like making it musical and being expressive with it and making sure that you have the notes and the rhythms and everything right. It's very much a challenge because if you look at like a lot of the really good concert classical guitarists, they will put in new pieces, but they stick with a lot of pieces though. So like, you know, they'll have a piece that they've been playing for years and it's on like every single concert so i would say yes like i would i I think it would be cool to to do concerts like on a regular basis but maybe not so much where it's like okay yeah like i gotta do the concert circuit like every single you know august you know through october or something like that because i fall is my favorite season so I, i would not be a fan of doing it in the summer it's too hot but the turnaround time for learning all the new pieces is, is challenging. So, I mean, it, it would just be, I'd have to make sure that I have time to be able to learn some new pieces to keep the keep the repertoire fresh. Because that also just keeps my mind interested in it. Because when I'm playing the same stuff over and over again, like this recital season with all this stuff that I've been playing, I'm so tired of the music because I've just been playing it so much and I've just been like beating it like a dead horse, you know, so to speak. So I'm kind of just ready to learn some new stuff. And it's a lot of the music is just very much uh, a commitment. There's like certain commitment level to learning a lot of these pieces yeah and i did want to bring it back to all of it just for a second because i know that you went here so do you have any like memories from all of it that you'd be willing to share yeah all of it was great i feel like like i mentioned the recital all of it all of it really felt like home for me i feel like out of all the different places that i've been all the people that i've met you know met a lot of great people 
but I feel like Olivet has always been the place for me where it's like, yeah, I can truly be the individual at who I am without feeling judged or without feeling out of place because Olivet just kind of really builds that inclusive environment where it feels like, you know, everybody is what they are and everybody is accepted for who they are. That That's the way that at least I felt when I was there. And, and I hope that most people still feel the same way. But my, my enjoyment was just the fact that it was such a small community that like, you know, no matter, even if you didn't really know someone by name, or if you didn't really know who they were, you could kind of like put a put a face to them if someone's described like, oh yeah, I, I know that person. Or like, oh yeah, yeah, they're in my second period or you know, whatever. They're in this class with this teacher and all this. And I just always really liked that. And I remember at the time that I was there, I was really pretty much the only guitar guy on campus. You know, I was like, I was the guy that played guitar. So, you know, if I was going between class and stuff and it's like, oh yeah, there's the guy that, you know, Justin Hat. It's like, oh yeah, it's the kid with the guitar, right? And it was like, yeah, you know, that guy. And so, yeah, I just always liked being able to create my own opportunities, too. It was really nice about it is like, you know, I remember I would just like say uh, people in charge of the KC. I was like, hey, you guys ever had considered having music here or whatever? And there's a couple times that a couple groups of us played music at the KC. And then we started playing them at the Starbucks. So we just did all kinds of cool stuff like that. And then I remember during graduation, when I graduated for baccalaureate, they asked me to play guitar for baccalaureate, which is really cool. So it's just like the opportunities that you get at Olivet are, are really up to you as far as like making your own opportunities and I and I never had a teacher that was that turned down an idea they would you know if they were always like oh that's a good idea or if they were uh, you know questioning the idea a little bit they would maybe reroute it so that you could have it in the same thing I remember the first time that Olivet held the the suicide walk on campus we had a band that played for it and it was actually really funny not funny in the sense that it was a it was a really crummy day and the first time that we ever had it we were supposed to actually play outside but it rained so what we did is we actually moved everything inside uh, the gymnasium and then our band we played inside the gymnasium which was really terrible because it was just terrible acoustics and it was a gymnasium so it was echoey and really loud but yeah I got the pictures of that and that was just a lot of fun like I just remember like uh, you know all these playing opportunities all these opportunities that you can create all of that that you just cannot get in other other schools or you know other forms of uh, learning is there anything that we haven't asked yet that you wanted to add look me up on youtube look me up on instagram i have my own website justin hat h-a-t-t music.com you can find all your information on me that you need there booking events calendar contact information paypal and venmo uh, donations <laughs> the whole gamma good to know thanks a lot this has been The Musical Mitten, where we bring you all things music from Michigan. Check out our Instagram and Twitter at The Musical MI for any announcements, events, and more. All of our past episodes, radio show, and podcast are on our website at themusicalmitten.wixsite.com slash themusicalmi. Again, that's T-H-E-M-U-S-I-C-A-L-M-I-T-T-E-N dot W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot C-O-M slash T-H-E-M-U-S-I-C-A-L-M-I. Keep listening in for weekly episodes. Catch you later.